Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Today is the day. You know, we say that every single morning. Today is the day. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the Lord's day. He is He is who he is, and therefore, we will not fear. We will rejoice in it. I might I might have to start adding that. This is the day the Lord has made. We will not fear. We will rejoice in it. Um fear is as the song goes, a liar. Um fear is also as um Nick Ripkin just described fear. If believers live in fear, then we actually give Satan geography right now, right here in the world, and and we we just live at at a contrary to purpose um, to who God is, and we live in evidence that we're not operating out of the same spirit that was operating in Christ, and so. Uh, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to spend some more time talking about fear. And Kathy Brenzel is going to be here in just a moment. And she and I are going to dig around in this. What are the things that we fear? Why do we fear them? Um, how do we respond to fear in our own lives? And so I thought I would start with uh, a couple of examples from the headline news uh, that are troubling, that could be fear producing if we allowed them to be fear producing. And so part of this is our perspective, and certainly we want to be people who um, are wise in the way in which we live and wise in in terms of the decisions that we make and the places that we go and the circumstances that we willingly walk into. But the reality is, if Christ has called us to go, God has sent us to go, then we go. We go in the power of the Spirit, and we walk by faith, not by sight, and we recognize that um, whatever happens, we are people of the living God. So uh, following the posting of a video online of the execution of two young Christian aid workers in Nigeria, their family has now confirmed their deaths. These two young men were serving their neighbors who have been displaced by Boko Haram's brutal ethnic cleansing in Nigeria, and they were captured by Boko Haram and, and killed by these Islamic extremists. These, these particular extremists have vowed to kill every Christian they capture. And now let's keep in mind, these two young men, uh, one, of, one of whose name is Godfrey, <laughs> these two young men left the relative safety of their homes in Nigeria to travel to a less safe place in Nigeria where people have been displaced. They are internally displaced people. We call them refugees. Um, Their villages have been burned down. They have been run out of the little towns in which they live. So they have nowhere to live. And these young men were building them houses, providing actual physical shelter for internally displaced people whose communities and homes have been uh, destroyed by um, these marauding Islamists. Now, they could have lived in fear. Instead, they lived by faith. And they knelt in faith. 
in this video uh, where they are then subsequently executed. That could produce fear in us of the other. Or we can trust that the blood of the martyrs is, in fact, um, crying out. So I'm going to talk with Kathy Brenzel about the things that produce fear in us and how we can process through our fears and respond in faith. So there is going to be a conversation up next about fear and insecurity. Whatever you fear, I want you to bring it to this next conversation. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Kathy Branzell is back today. It's just like a thousand ways I could introduce Kathy. I'm just going to say that right now she's leading us. She's leading us into prayer as uh, as people of people of faith here in the United States of America, heading up the National Day of Prayer Committee. Yes. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Do I have that? I mean, essentially, right? Is that in it, terms it, of the national? Yeah, National Day of Prayer Task Force. Yes. Task force. Oh, see, task force, not committee. See, you're not whatever. committeeing. We're, you're tasking. We're it's just, good. We're tasking every day in prayer. That always surprises people. They're like, you're that one day a year ministry. I'm like, <laughs> no, we are praying every day and also working to be, when God calls us, to be the answer to people's prayers. So we're out there going at it every day. So there was an interesting prayer headline, um, Kathy, recently where, you know, Nancy Pelosi acknowledge that she prays for the president all the time. It led me to um, to lift up the calls for prayer um, that Franklin Graham issued when, you know, someone of a different political uh, persuasion and party was in the White House. Um, And so Franklin Graham and Nancy Pelosi might not agree on very many things, but they are both people who are actively ardently praying for uh, the leadership of the country, whoever that may be. Talk. talk, Let's talk about that first. And then we're going to get into the subject of fear. Excellent. I love that because I love talking about unity and the things that we can agree on. Um, Because right now, you know, we could be very fearful even because our country seems to be devouring itself. We're always angry. We can always find something that we're divided, that we disagree on. But But you know what? Pelosi and Trump agree on prayer. And I'll take it a step further. Um... Uh, heard from a very reliable source in the last 48 hours that um, that Pelosi is the one that just kind of banged the gavel and said, you know what, we will pray in Jesus' name. Uh, none of this taking Jesus out of prayer. She stood for Jesus and praying, you know, <laughs> we, we can babble all we want to anyone and call it prayer, but, you know, prayer is only powerful as the person, the God that you're praying to. And so um, praise God to hear that and to know that they agree on prayer. And it's not about being political. It's about being biblical. So let's talk. uh, Yeah, I I agree. I agree. That's an amen. Like, right. Let's remind Mm -hmm. people that when we say amen, um, we're saying, I agree. I agree. I'm my. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. My sister. Yeah, my sister and I are coming before you together on this. Mm-hmm. Um, fear. Fear is a liar. Fear yep. is rampant in our culture today, and we've got yes. lots of Christians living in fear. So I just want to, mm. I just want to start by lifting up that reality. 
Yep. Yep. But, and I want you to, and I, and I want you to, well, I want you to, to speak to that because I know this is a passion point for you. So just really sort of want to set it, set it out there and let you um, start this conversation. Yeah, let's run with this. And October is the perfect month to talk about it. You know, with Halloween at the end of the month, I, I don't know about what happens, um, you know, up in the Minneapolis area or where you might live um, all over, but my subdivision like goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over Halloween and they decorate their houses at, at even more so sometimes than Christmas and there's graveyards and there's skeletons and there's spiders and there's all this scary stuff and I think school buses ride up and down these streets every day and the kids are probably like what and and so just like you know that your your previous message um, right before I came on the show about how your kids are watching um, how you go through problems. Well, your your kids are watching how you go through fear. And if you're a fearful parent, if you're a fearful boss um, leader, if you're a fearful whatever, people are watching you to see how you um, how you react. And fear in a moment that saves your life, like, whoo, I almost got hit by that car. You know, there's this automatic get out of the way, eat or be eaten. Fear, that's good fear that lasts for a moment. But then when you cling to it and it becomes anxiety, if you decide that's what I'm going to think on, that's what I'm going to meditate on, I'm going to replay this over and over, that is, well, let's just call it, that's sin, it's not healthy. It's not what Jesus called us to. He said, take courage, take courage. We read that in the Bible over and over again. And so um, we can talk about how faith um, overcomes fear, how trust is what we should be meditating on instead of trouble, um, how we can have peace in Jesus, even though we've got problems. So as we approach Halloween, um Americans are due to spend something like $10 billion on mm-hmm. decorations, costumes, candy, celebrations, travel, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that's a, it's an interesting conversation to have as well. Um, Halloween is designed to be a, a, a holiday that more or less celebrates that which makes us afraid. When we come back, Kathy, I want to talk about um, Verses like Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to um, I wanna get us talking about what it means to be full of faith instead of people who are full of fear. So that's up next, yeah. uh, continuing my conversation with Cassie, Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. We'll be right back. Let us pray. Continuing my conversation with Kathy Branzell from the National Day of Prayer Task Force. We're talking about fear. I am lifting up now, uh, Kathy, the reality that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, like, right, even though I live in the realities of the moment by moment, day to day, uh, month by month, year by year, sometimes depressing realities, often producing fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death every single day. I fear no evil, for God is with me. Right. Um, what what does it look like to walk by faith, even in contexts which are designed to be fear-producing? Mm. 
Well, you know, and and I love that uh, God telling you, fear not, and I am with you, um, is an Old Testament and a New Testament promise. And so you can't say, oh, that was then and this is now. And and so it really boils down to when you read through the scriptures, what are you going to give your attention to? And where are you going to put your faith? And so are you going to meditate over, are you going to give your attention to whatever the problem is? Because Jesus didn't say, hey, you've got me now, no more troubles. He said, quite frankly, in John 16, um, 33, he said, uh, um, you know, I keep telling you everything that I've told you, everything I've spoken to you, I've given it to you so you'll have peace. Because in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation, but take courage because I've overcome the world. And so it really begins with um, even in the moment of the circumstance, the moment of something that could um, knock us off track. And, and realize this isn't a denial situation. You know, we, we need to have strong finances. Uh, we, you can look at the stock market and go, ah, or we need to be concerned for our children's safety. We need to, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving is what Scripture says. So I can give my attention to the things that that could cause me to be afraid, or I can give my attention to the one who says, I've already overcome your problem. I see the end from the beginning. I've got you, and I've got this. And, And so you give thanks and praise, instead of falling into this pit of, of being afraid. So reflecting on this, uh, Kathy, I, I often I'll ask myself, but, you know, now ask my kids, like, okay, are you going to be faithful or are you going to be fearful? What are you going to be full of? Right. And um, we have this great uh, Thomas Chalmers quote about the expulsive power of a new affection. And we use it when we are talking about how perfect love casts out fear. And if I am, if I have uh, this affection for Christ, if that's my new affection, and if I fill myself up with with that new affection with Christ, um, it pushes out. There's just no room. Uh, Perfect love casts out fear. It actually pushes Mm -hmm. it out. There's just no room for it. In the same way that darkness can't persist where there is light. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. Light arises in the darkness, Psalm 112. And, and really, if if you're one of the people who um, you get caught up in thinking over and over again, uh, that's that's meditation, by the way. If you think on something over and over again, if you keep playing it over and over in your head, you're meditating on it. Then... Change your mind. Realize you have the power over your brain and over your thoughts. And so take every thought captive. Go to Psalm 112. That entire chapter um, is talking about uh, blessed is the man who only fears the Lord. And so that he won't let um, the fear of evil overtake you. Uh, uh, Philippians 4 that is tough. That's just chock fooled. And I love Philippians 4 8 because it says, you know, finally, whatever is true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of good repute, whatever's excellent, 
whatever's worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And so that dwelling, that abiding, that what am I meditating on? What what am I full of? And so stop and go, oh, well, what are some things that are pure I need to be thinking about? What are some things that are lovely? And take it all back to Jesus. And so in that, you're taking the trash out of you and you're yielding more space to the Spirit. Um, he, he, he will abide and and take up and fill you as much as you'll give him. So toss out the trash so you can be filled with truth and not dwell in the fear. Toss out the trash, right? All of those little tidbits of mm-hmm. uh, of fear and doubt and suspicion. Yeah, fear is a liar. Yeah. That, you don't have room that, for that in your life? No, I don't have room for that in my life. I'm going to throw that yeah. away today. I am going to pick that up. I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> Uh, those are the nits I'm going to pick out of my own thinking today, and I'm going to cast them aside that I can be not only mindful of Christ, but that I can have my mind set on Christ who is above, right? I mean, I think right. that all of those all of those concepts come together in this conversation about uh, fear. Kathy, I want to lift yep. up a couple of, of verses of Scripture so that folks have, uh, you know, they have a, a specific place to hang the things that we're talking about today. Obviously, Psalm 112, uh, verse 7, one of my favorites in Psalm 112, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. I think there are oftentimes we have a fear of bad news. And, um, and you know, and this is saying, you know, don't, don't live there. Don't live there. Right. Um, and then Acts chapter 9, verse 31 actually describes what happens in the church when we are being faithful and we're living by faith. Because it talks about the the reverent kind of fear, right? Living in the fear of the Lord. And there right. is this reverent fear. We are supposed to live in the fear of the Lord. Let's talk for a minute about this reverent fear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a respectful fear. That's who you want to please. That's, uh, um, <laughs> I, I want to be more concerned in my life with offending God instead of offending man. And and that whole idea of, oh, I, I, I can't share Jesus because I might offend that person. Well, then who am I offending? Um, who You know, God said, go and make disciples. Um, and, and so also we're built up in the words of our testimony. Faith comes by hearing. And so remember God's faithfulness and talk about God's faithfulness. And that strengthens the person that you're talking to, but it also strengthens you because you remember and and that is respecting God. God, in the fear of Him, it's this um, loving obedience. It's a response to His love and His power. We have to remember that God's not just uh, He's not just love. He's all powerful. Sometimes we we um, we paint a picture, you know, kind of this watercolor picture of God, and we forget that He's the Creator of the universe, and that our prayers move the hands that move the universe. And so focus on his power, especially when you're fearful. But remember that uh, the only thing you need to fear is a lack of faith, is, is, is the offense that you have to God when you are fearful and you're saying, whatever the circumstance is, whatever's going on in the world is more powerful than you, God. And then you go, no, 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 that's not right. I only fear the Lord. All right, I love um, I love that you give us this incredibly powerful image. Our prayers move the hand of God, who moves the universe. Amen. Yeah. Kathy Branzell, uh, thank you so very much for your ongoing contribution to not only this ministry but to uh, each and every one of us as uh, as 
as a part of, gosh, just this ministry cooperative that we call the National Day of Prayer Task Force. Um, thank you so much for the in in and out of season prayers, uh, praying in all seasons uh, around all things and all issues for all people. I just, it, I genuinely appreciate it. So we look forward to thank our next you. conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got to take a quick a break for Breakpoint, and then we'll be back. So World Vision helps us support kids and their families around the world. Uh, This is a ministry that has been actively engaged for generations now. Um, And yet they very, very recently flipped the script on how they connect supporting families around the globe with kids around the world who need that support. And so up next... Rusty Funk from World Vision is going to be here, and we're going to talk about child sponsorship and flipping the script. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Recently, I came across an interesting Time magazine cover. It pictured a child standing like a puppet with his arms and legs attached to strings, presumably controlled by a parent above. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Well, it seems the world is finally catching on to the folly of overparenting. I'm talking about the moms and dads who hover over their kids 24-7 while bending over backwards to meet their every need. What parents don't realize, though, is that every little thing they do for their kid is one more thing they may never learn to do for themselves. So if you've been guilty of overparenting or smother mothering, now's the time to cut the strings. Step back. Let go and give your teen the freedom he needs to become the adult he was meant to be. Looking for more parenting wisdom? Go online to parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store. tell you when i read this uh this news for the first time my heart leapt um and i'm even more excited reading the stories of the events that are now uh taking place and the ones that are planned so i'm excited to share with uh, our listening audience rusty funk from world vision and world vision's sort of new way of going about child sponsorship rusty welcome to mornings with carmen Oh, Carmen, it's so good to be here. And I just want to say uh, my heart leapt as well. And my ar- my eyes wept as soon as I heard about this concept. And I'm not normally a crier. And so I was like, why am I sweating from my eyes? This thing immediately brought tears to my eyes, even as a person, let alone an employee at World Vision. So for those of you who are listening, um, get your Kleenex ready. Uh, I want you to uh, place yourself for just a moment. Um, in a position, uh, in a posture of waiting, waiting to be chosen, having your picture um, displayed as one willing to be chosen, as one ready to be chosen. And this is the posture that kids around the world um, have been in, in terms of the way World Vision has historically matched uh, donor families, right, like uh, partners here in the U.S. with kids around the globe who need child sponsors, But now I want you to consider that you are the one waiting, that it's your picture that is, uh, you know, on a uh, with a clothespin on uh, on a string in a room 
where kids get to pick their sponsor. You know, they 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 make this connection with the picture on, that they see of you, and they pick you, and you are at an event at your own church where you find out. What kid picked you? You get a picture of them holding your picture and a letter from them saying why they picked you. This is a total reversal of of the model, and it's so empowering. Um, Rusty, tell us what you guys have experienced just in the very initial rolling out of this uh, of this idea. Carmen, I, I would be remiss to say anything other than it has turned our hearts inside out and our worlds upside down. Sitting, I've had the privilege of personally being at a couple of churches in our pilot phase of testing this concept out this summer. In fact, I got to be at a church in Arizona where I saw hundreds of people get their picture taken and wait for a week with anticipation as they knew that their pastor was flying on the, to the other side of the world, hosting a choosing party in the field, allowing kids to choose them. And then really, Carmen, the most beautiful part is receiving that envelope back, opening up that envelope and seeing a picture of the child holding your picture from the other side of the world. It's been insane. My wife and I, uh, we currently sponsor multiple children through World Vision, but when this launched, we had to be a part of it, and we got chosen by little Derek from Guatemala, and he wrote back to us with this picture that he chose us because we look like we would be good parents, that we'd be a good family for him to join, and it just broke us down inside. And so people's lives have been transformed because at the same time, we are empowering kids to choose, but we as Westerners, as donors, we feel the love of God in a brand new way when a child on the other side of the world chooses us and represents God's love back to us as well. Now, there are a lot of, uh, of ministries engaged in you know, this, the traditional child sponsorship mm-hmm. model. Um, this is a model that uh, most Americans, actually an overwhelming percentage of Americans, are familiar with. And, and yet there are, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of folks out there um, who have considered sponsoring a child but have never done so. I, I feel like um, be, flipping the script and allowing me to be the person who is chosen by a child versus, you know, versus I don't know, having some sense that yeah. I'm, yeah. you know, that I'm picking a kid as kind of a, yeah. it's a little weird commodification thing. So, um, right. My heart feels differently about this. We, our family also sponsors kids, um, around the world. And, and I got to tell you the idea of being chosen by a child because they would want to be a part of our family and they would, they would see this as a, as a, as a people that they wanted to connect with. That is that's empowering not just for the child that is heart lifting um, for the person in a you know in a position to give. Absolutely, Carmen. The the reality is those of us who have been blessed with so much, we have so much privilege, so much opportunity to choose. Every moment of our day is filled with opportunity here in America, and the reality is giving a little bit of that choice away, empowering someone else to choose us. It really does awaken us to the inherent dignity that God has instilled his image, both in us, but also in the kids that we're serving. A lot of times we are tempted to think that the kids we sponsor, the kids that we're helping around the world through many organizations, uh, we're tempted to think that they are less because they have less. And that's wrong. You know, God's word says that, no, that is not it. That just because they have less doesn't mean they are less. And in doing this type of reverse way of starting the sponsorship relationship, this new chosen concept of sponsorship, it really does affirm the inherent dignity of the children we are serving, but also us at the same time and giving a little bit of our power, a little bit of our dignity uh, to those who have less. 
Yeah, the power of choosing, yeah. right? I mean, I mm-hmm. that that is a huge part of this conversation. Um, I, I want to invite people to go to worldvision.org, worldvision.org, um, and you're going to see uh, chosen, um, which is the, the language that's used here to empower kids for a future full of choices. Um, and you can actually see what happens when a child chooses you as their sponsor. So I want you to check it out at worldvision.org. It occurs to me... Um, as I look at the pictures here of the kids holding holding the sponsors that they have now chosen, um, it occurs to me that they are picking people who look like them. And I want to talk with you mm-hmm. about that. Uh, I want to talk with you about that in just a minute when we come back from the break. So I am with Rusty Funk from World Vision. We're talking about their new model of child sponsorship. It's called Chosen. And we'll be right back. Rusty Funk is here from World Vision. We're talking about Chosen, um, which is what I just describe as the new methodology by which World Vision is helping uh, connect children around the world whose choices are very limited because of poverty with people here in the United States um, in churches across the country who are in a position to share um, the goodness of, of the bounty and abundance of their lives with a child uh, in another place. And the, the process is now being flipped, uh, where in the past, actually for like 70 years, we here have been, quote unquote, picking, choosing the child. And now there is this new chosen process through which the child picks us. Um, Rusty, tell us some stories uh, about uh, some experiences in the field with this. Yeah, it's been quite <laughs> so many stories, Carmen. One of them was recently in Guatemala, one of our first ever choosing parties. It was fascinating to watch the mothers and the children coming into what we call the choosing party. The choosing party, choosing party is where those pictures of us uh, potential child sponsors are hanging. And kids get to choose, and to watch the mothers and the children first come to understand. They came to this event not knowing what it was, just knowing it was a sponsor event. And Carmen, these moms and these children have been waiting for months, if not years, for someone to choose their child to be sponsored, to start receiving the benefits of sponsorship, and to watch their faces as they got explained by the, the World Vision Guatemalan staff that they were going to be empowered to choose that day. We're talking immediate tears, immediate opportunity and hope coming into the eyes of these young children as they realize that instead of waiting to be chosen, they that day were empowered to choose their sponsor. Just uh, goosebumps up and down uh, all along the all along that that choosing party. But it's been also amazing to watch us on the U.S. as we get these letters back, Carmen, and see which children choose us. And when you get that letter back, you see a picture of the child and and them holding your picture, like a picture within a picture, and it's a beautiful moment. Because then it comes with a letter, and that letter, the child explains why they chose you, why they picked you out of a wall of other donors, why they picked you to be their sponsor. And it's been fascinating to watch God connect dots that we didn't know would be connected. I have one friend who was told by their child that they got chosen because they looked like their mother that had passed away four years ago. And I just wrecked my friend. I had another friend who got chosen, and the child that chose him told him that he chose him because he wanted to be a lawyer and he looked like a smart person. And turns out that this friend of mine was a lawyer as well. And so it was just amazingly heartwarming to see the God connect dots in these children as they are empowered to choose. You know, kids who um, pick, pick a guy because they don't have a dad. Um, mm-hmm. Kids who, I mean, I, it's so 
um, well, yeah, you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, yeah. It is, uh, it's the right way to do it. And I'm not saying that the way mm-hmm. we've been doing it all along is necessarily wrong, but this just feels so right. And so again, I want people to go to worldvision.org, worldvision.org, and and check this out. Hey, Rusty, um, I, I know that a lot of this is done like based in a local congregation. So a mm-hmm. church decides along with you guys that they want to partner in doing it this way. Is that is that kind yeah. of uh, the process you're engaged in right now? Yeah, you know, anyone could do this, even just an individual, like you said, go to our website. But Carmen, this is probably at its most powerful form in a church context, because the way it works at a church is a pastor will, will unite with us and we work with the pastor to get ready for what we call Launch Sunday. And on that Sunday, we get up in front of the congregation and cast this vision. And with that, we tell the congregation that the pastor and a couple others from the church that night are getting on a plane and going to host a choosing party in that village on Wednesday. And then the pastor watches as his or her flock, his their, their congregation gets chosen. And then they fly those pictures and those letters back to the church this next Sunday. So a one-week turnaround, and the pastor actually gets to shepherd the process and take his or her people's pictures to the field and back. And it's just an incredibly powerful tool that actually brings a community closer together. And so, yes, you can participate as an individual. But if you have any desire of getting your church involved, we'd love to talk to you about that. We are launching this thing in uh, this new year in 2020, and we have about 100 hundred opportunities for churches to do this with us this first year as we kind of scale this up. But it's really very, very powerful experience for churches. Okay, so I, I'm kind of an idea person and I have an mm-hmm. idea. Okay. So go for it. um uh I was this this goes back years, but we did a pictorial directory and I had an older single woman in my congregation um who brought her the children she was sponsoring around the world. She'd never, you know, yeah. she'd never married. She didn't have kids the way we think about it traditionally um but she recognized that these were her kids and so she brought their pictures to the you know the time when the pictures for the directory were were taking place and we had to figure out like how how to show her pictures of these kids in her picture so i'm giving this to you as an idea when these congregations who have begun participating in this way, if the next time they do a pictorial directory, they bring the picture of oh, the kid man. holding their picture, right? So then you've got the picture in the picture in the picture, and it's a part of the church directory so that people like get the sense we're talking about the body of Christ around the world. We're talking yes. about layers and layers and layers of how we are connected in Christ, mutually responsible for one another. Oh, amen. I just got some holy goosebumps, Carmen. I'm going to I'm going to take that idea if you don't mind. I'm going to run with it. No, it's yours. Do it. I don't have that's anything. Beautiful. That's beautiful. I don't have beautiful. anything to do with it other than give it to you. Yeah. That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I I love that. I love that we put, you know, uh, kids pictures on a refrigerator. But I also love that they now have these pictures. I know the value of that. The value of a printed image in mm-hmm. some of these communities and cultures is completely unknown. Um, that's just not something that they have Absolutely. and to have a picture of themselves, you know, maybe sent back to them as a part of, you know, their their American family, um, their U.S. based Christian family. Um, this might be a really cool, uh, you know, just kind of ongoing yeah. way of of reminding the church of what we're doing. Rusty, um, tell us another story. I I love when I look at the when I look at the website, I got to tell you the little the, all these faces are beautiful. These children are. It's so sweet. Um, I'm going to mispronounce her name. It's either Greasy or Gricey, and she's from Guatemala. That she is just, her eyes are smiling in a way that is uh, just irresistible. 
Yeah, it's absolutely. I, I want to go back a second in this story. And earlier you had said, Carmen, that we, you know, child sponsorship and other ministries have been all about empowering people in the past. And that is so true. And I want to encourage us to, we just asked the question, Carmen, we continue to ask the question, what else can we do to further empower kids? Mm. What else can we do to further empower kids? Not that we haven't been doing before. And really that question comes back to affirming the inherent dignity of these children and to see their eyes light up when they're allowed to affirm that inherent dignity that God's put put in their lives is just incredible. Uh, one story that's really, really impacted me is uh, honestly the story of me and my bride being chosen. Um, uh, I'll, I'll spare everyone the details, but we've been struggling a lot uh, in infertility. We've been trying to have a child mm. for six or seven years now, and God just hasn't brought that opportunity into our life. And we sponsor multiple children. And so that's why when you told that earlier story, I got some goosebumps uh, down my, my neck. But Carmen, when, when we got chosen, little Derek from Guatemala chose us. And he wrote back in his letter, they chose us. Be, and he said, it looks like you all would be good parents. Mm. And that just moved us to our core to see this little six-year-old boy from Guatemala who has one mother but doesn't have a father choose us because he said, it looks like we would be good parents. And I have no idea how to tell you how looking into his eyes as the, his picture now hangs on our fridge, his picture mm-hmm. holding our picture, knowing that God says, Rusty, it's okay. I got you. That no matter where you're going in your life here in the U.S., that you can be a parent figure. You can be a father figure to kids around the world through this process. And so to be honest, like that's the most powerful story for me is how my wife and I, we got chosen and just that immediate connection to this little young boy on the other side of the world and how somehow God connected dots in his hearts in his heart to our hearts in a way that I never thought possible. And I can't wait to meet him someday. I wasn't there the day he chose us, but I can't wait to meet him someday. Mm. Amen. Rusty Funk from World Vision, thank you so much. You guys need to go to worldvision.org and get connected to this new child sponsorship. I'll just call it a methodology, and it's called Chosen. Worldvision.org. We'll be right back. All right, I have utterly broken down, and I have purchased my first pumpkin spice-flavored item of the season, just letting you know. Uh, I don't necessarily think I like it yet, but there you go. <clears throat> it's um, it's a, yeah, there you go, it's a little breakfast bar, pumpkin spice-flavored. Are you into the season? Are you in the faith in and out of season? That's going to be my question going forward as we enter into the season of the fall We live in the context of the fall all the time, uh, but every year we're reminded of uh, of it as the leaves fall and we begin to, it begins to look like the coming of winter and it's a good reminder. It's a reminder of the abundant harvest that we enjoy. It's also a reminder of the season of uh, of fasting that many people around the world live in during during this time. And so just, just be mindful of of the seasonal nature of the world in which we lived. And if right now you're fearful, you're in a season of fear, um, this too shall pass. And I want you to walk through that valley, uh, even if it's the shadow of death, fearing no evil, recognizing that God is with you. You are not alone as you walk by faith. Uh, And perfect love casts out fear. So be filled today with the perfect love of Christ and drive fear away. Pick it up, throw it in the trash. um, Let Satan know he does not have you, that you are in the hands of the one Uh, who is sovereign over all. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me. Join us online at My Faith Radio. So there's a good old hymn that goes, uh, I love to tell the story. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory. 
I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love. Is that true of us? Do we love to tell the story of Jesus? Do we love to tell the story of what Jesus has done uh, for us, in us, um, and, and allow him then to tell his story through us? Do we love to tell the story? Do we love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love? The world loves to tell all kinds of stories, and some of those stories are not accurate to who Jesus is, nor what, uh, nor what he has done on behalf of humanity. The world's stories are often not the whole story. So here's an idea. Maybe you and I need to refresh the story in our own minds and in our own hearts by reading the Gospels, by reading the epistles, um, as, uh, as Alex just suggested to us. And then let's get out there and let's tell the story. Um, the world cannot argue with your testimony. They cannot argue with the change that has taken place in your life because of Jesus Christ, by the power of God's grace at work within you. The world cannot argue with that. That is the story that you have that's unique to tell in the world today, how God has set you free from the power, um, from the penalty of sin and death, from the power of sin in this life. You and I need to not only learn to tell the story, we need to love to tell the story. God's grace is irresistible. You and I are just like holding it in our in in like a little hostage don't hold the word of god nor god's grace hostage today let it flow freely into your conversations and out into the world that god so loves that one other person might hear the good news through you today learn to love to tell the story of of jesus christ i love to tell the story do you Let's get out there today and tell the good news story of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, that the gospel of grace might be extended to more and more people. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. To check it out online, go to MyFaithRadio.com or ReconnectWithCarmen.com. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.